If you're listening to this for the very first time, well, welcome. But I'm going to warn you, you're about to listen to some deep shit. So if you're not up for that, you should listen. I'm not going to tell you not to listen because you really need this. Because as a Nigerian, all we have here is, oh, don't say this, don't say that. But I think it's high time we just, just break up this whole thing. Break it up, break the expectation, break the stereotype and do your thing. This is the Blackpool Podcast. I'm Susanna. Let's start the show. There is a power to storytelling that people don't really talk about. You can use storytelling to depict a certain part of your life, a certain part of somebody's life. You can also use it to lie, to create a version of yourself or of someone else that you feel will appeal to people. And we've got that everywhere now, social media, even in real life. Everyone wants a better version of themselves. They create something, you know, fancier, something better, something different, something flashy or something cool, something cooler than the life that they already have. We can debate on the morality of this, but the point is storytelling is a core part of humanity. And I've always loved that as a little girl and as a young woman. I would tell you that when I was, I was a teenager, I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't know a lot about myself. I was not sure of every other thing in my life. I always, I always questioned myself, my clothes, my hairstyle, my body, my size, my attraction to boys. I did not feel like I belonged for a long while. I cannot tell you the exact reason why I felt this way, to be honest, but there was, there was just one thing that made me, you know, feel certain. There was one thing that I was sure of, and that was the fact that I could write. That's where Black Writer came from. It was a gift. It really was. And the name itself did not take so long to choose. I remember joining Instagram, and I discovered this wave of creative people honing their craft and using their Instagram feed to showcase their hearts. Instagram evolved from, from just this app where you could, you know, post pictures of yourself, of your friends, of events. It grew into that. It grew into a digital portfolio. I really, really dug that. It was so cool and I, it fascinated me. I wanted to be part of that movement. Although I was not sure what I would be sharing with the world because even though I loved to write, I had always ordered this gift to myself. I kept it to myself. I had a really hard time letting the world know about it. But eventually, eventually I did. And I created my feed and I changed my username to Black Opera Writer. It was the perfect name to embody the very core of who I was and what I loved to do. I was Nigerian, therefore an African. And therefore a black I was starting to write professionally as a writer I was starting to recognize myself as a part of a race and I loved to write and I just it was just it came together as black writer it was unique and it was something that I could call mine there are days that I kind of escape being called called black writer by a stranger <laughs> some people don't even know my name some people assume I'm a male especially in group chats and some people assume I'm Igbo because apparently there's a Yoruba look that I'm lacking. <laughs> but it's just strange being called your Instagram name in reality because it means that you've been recognized and your work online is spreading to other users on the app and they really dig it. And I know I chose that name for myself, but there are days where I feel like it cheats, as though it, it, it does not fit right. And that I feel sometimes like I'm a struggling writer who hasn't written in months and would never amount to anything than a regular girl, a regular 
Nigerian regular Oshobo girl. Yeah, we will get to that in another episode. You know, stereotypes of certain places in Nigeria. <laughs> stereotypes of certain places in Nigeria and the people that grew up there. It's a whole new episode that I need to just sit down and write about. So yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> well, you might be listening to what I'm saying and you'll be wondering, why am I searching this dark place? Oh, be positive. Positive and be happy and hone your craft. I'm sorry. I'm just... I thought, I think he might have mistaken me for somebody who was very strong. I'm not strong. I'm not strong. I'm not the person you thought I was. Or maybe you've never even had an opinion about me before because you did not know who I am or what I do. This is the introduction you did not know you needed. But you're going to hear it. So, <laughs> here you go. I, um, I believe it's not true that all writers have the words to describe themselves. That's what I believe in. Well, um... I'm sure it's up for argument, but I, what I know is that I lose my words when it comes to describing me as a person, who I am and what I do. So this podcast is really about self-discovery, to talk about my anxiety, Nigerian people's anxiety, to talk about our childhood memories, our childhood traumas, and things that we've really experienced as as a collective. And I'm going to be talking about those things, those things that we are expected not to talk about. You know, intimacy, drugs, religion, career, sex, adulthood, and, you know, financial stability. Working, I'm going to just dig right into these things because I feel they need more attention than we, than we really admit. But back to me, I, I doubt calling myself a writer sometimes because I'm like, how do you call yourself a writer when you've actually not written anything? It's true. A writer writes. Perhaps this is why I cringe whenever my friends introduce me to new people when we are out and they're like, oh, she's the black writer. I have a friend that is, is always like, oh, this is black writer. He doesn't even call me by my name when he introduces me to new people. And he says I'm an amazing writer. I have lovely friends who supports me, who believes in me. Sometimes more than I believe in myself. And it's sweet. But in my head, I just smile and tell them, oh, thank you. <laughs> But I think I suffer from imposter syndrome. I suffer from a lot of things, but that's a story for another day. Maybe when you come back, you listen to that. But I promised my best friend that I'm going to keep on writing everything that comes to my mind. I'm not going to hold back anything. I'm not going to doubt myself and say nobody will ever read this. Perhaps nobody will, but I'll keep writing. It is one thing to be called brilliant, and it is another thing to feel like you truly are. If you don't feel like it, you might be suffering from imposter syndrome too. And I think we should talk about this. And I think we should also talk about where it all started from. I remember when mine started. Oh, I will remember. Oh, let me say, I remember when I felt like I didn't have it. When I was hit, um, possibly nine, I had a book where I wrote different stories in. I wish I kept them till now, but I don't have them anymore. The stories might be stupid if I read them now, but they were my words. They were my first words. I remember those days when those imaginations would pop out of my head freely and I would write and write. The best part was not even that I could write. The best part was that I was willing to share these stories with my classmates in school. I did not care if they were nonsense. I just kept writing them and sharing them. We were kids, but I remember vividly that they would return them to me and then they would ask me if I would write another one. It was such a pure innocence. You know, the innocence to read the stupid stories I was writing and to ask for more and the innocence in me to keep on writing and sharing them. 
I was so free. I had no worries. It was such a beautiful time. What happened to our childhood innocence people? What carried them away? What got to us? I don't know. That's a story for another day. But I would say, I would say this, this continued until I was a teenager. Of course, there were gaps in between years when I did not write anything. But there was always something pulling me back to write. And when I was 14, I started to write again. I remember clearly because the stories were about characters living in a world filled with aliens. And it's the story blew up in my class. People passed the book. Everybody was reading. Well, not everybody, but most people were. And to think that I had my own freaking fan base when I was 14. Wow. That was a big deal. I remember when I asked my readers to leave reviews at the back of the book. You know, something that you would do when you order a book from Amazon. I remember someone writing, nice story, but too imaginary. I read this and I wondered what it meant because I, I thought stories were supposed to be imaginary, you know. I enjoyed the fact that my head was in the clouds and I could imagine things I had not even seen. I had no worries in the world back then and I loved the world I was creating. I kept writing more stories, but I took a break from alien books, alien stories. I, you know, I dived into romantic stories. It was that time I was, you know, slowly getting to understand, well, not understand, but I was getting to know my own sexuality. I was getting to feel I had feelings for boys. I was having crushes. I was discovering my sexuality as a, as a straight woman. <laughs> I had no worries and it was so, it was such a fun thing to explore. So I started to write romantic stories. I would imagine a teenage boy, a teenage girl. They were not black people. I should add in. They were white because, you know, <laughs> most of the stories I read then were about American people. They were American novels. If they were not, if it, if they were not American novels, they were British. And if they were not British, they were nothing. And so I could only write from something I had read before, something I had experienced. And so my characters were white girls and white guys. But I wrote them anyway. And there was one that got so much reviews and it was passed from my class to the next. I wrote each chapter in installments and had people wait for the next chapter like it was a freaking telenovela. I was... <laughs> wow. Talking about this now, I, it's it makes me cry sometimes. But now I'm not just going to cry because I don't think anyone wants to hear that. I have an ugly cry. I have an ugly cry and I don't think I want people to hear that. But do it. Those days they were so beautiful and stress-free. All I had to do was have an idea in my head, and I would use my free period in classes to write them down. It was so it was so easy. It's been years since those days. I was 14 then, and I'm 23 now. I did not stop writing. In fact, I got better. I began to write for other people, people I had never met before from different parts of the world. I think this term is called ghostwriting. I was getting paid because I was good at it. I enjoyed the fact that. I was making money out of something that I love to do. It was one of those things that makes adulthood fun because you need to pay bills. But what happens when you turn your passion into something more of a financial gain and you forget you forget how passionate you really are about the thing? I was writing for other people, but I could not write for myself. It was like I lost my chi. I discovered for a little while that I could not write again. I did not have any stories to write on. Or maybe I did, but... I just could not write. I had to do something about it. But I wanted to, I wanted to take a break from writing. But I wanted to create more. So I began to take photographic lessons on YouTube. One of the works I did for for a person I've never ever met as a ghostwriter got me a lot of money to be able to buy a second hand camera. It helped a lot. 
and the whole process of learning how to use the camera was fun and it was it was an eye-opening for me i had something else to look forward to every day and photography helped because a picture they say could tell a thousand words i would take series of pictures of amuse maybe a friend or somebody that i really really liked the way that they looked or someone that had a story to tell and i'll I will use them as a muse and then I'll call it a visual story. I posted some of them on my Instagram feed and most of them on my website and I got positive responses. It made me feel good but it just didn't make me feel as good as I would if I was writing and I was a published author. It was like it wasn't my chi. Now what is chi? Chi is an Igbo word which means the personal spirit. It is believed to be a spiritual connection between you, an individual, and the I God, which dictates the trajectory of a person's spiritual journey on earth. Every culture has a name for it, but it all boils down to one thing, your purpose. Now, sometimes though, you feel like you, you have a connection with something, but you fought it away in a way. You fought away that connection, maybe because the society taught you that this is not something that will help you, this is not the real world, it's just a fantasy, and you have to toss it aside and you you feel like you've lost that connection or maybe it's that loss of innocence that we're talking about maybe you lost your connection to your chi because you had to drop your childhood innocence but what is the real world without having your own personal chi guiding you listen this is my own way of telling my origin story maybe i'll come back to this in a few years better and i would listen to myself talk about how i started off as a writer and how I lost my connection to my chi and how I finally found a way through self-discovery to get it back. But I want you to have this as a takeaway. Let this be your takeaway. I want you to know that it is not too late to find your chi. There is nothing that would bring you greater joy than to live a life where you know you are connected to something, to something purposeful. <sighs> There's a good news in this because a few weeks ago, a character came to me in form of an old lady. I know it's very absurd to say a character came to me, but that is how I feel whenever I find something to write about. I feel they come to me. I don't feel like I go to them. And I'm willing to write about her. And one of these is I might share a chapter here with you guys. And I'm really excited. No pressure, no pressure. But I'm really excited. Listen, I'm not sure of every other thing in my life. Even now that I'm a young adult, I still question myself. I question my, my clothes. I question my hair, I question my size, my body size, I question my skin tone, I question the way I talk, and I question my attraction to men. And I also feel like I don't fit in anywhere. I can't really give you a reason why I feel this way. But there's always one thing that I'm always sure of, and that's telling stories.